Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and satanic mechanic. Aw, Alex Dandino. That's the sweetest one you've done. Well, when he says stuff like that, he sounds like a Brad Miners to me, but you know. <laughs> a Brad Nailin' Miners? No. We're coming in spicy this episode. Also, his name's Brad Majors, but either way, it's fine. Well, I know that was the joke. I know that was the joke, but... Are we going to fight to start the... Po- no, neither here nor there. Just go. Like, like aliens going in different directions, we're going to start with a fight. Uh, guys, welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast. We have survived another October mega marathon. Jesus Christ. For those of you who did it with us this year, Love thank you, you again. Love 31 you. days... 31 pods we survived we made every day we had wonderful guests we covered some franchise films uh we love the october mega marathon thank you guys for doing that with us a little business before we start here uh we just wanted to say a thank you up top after mommy and daddy Tr- fought truly love we'll say a thank, thank you, you for everything. now some business people it's official we're on patreon that's right patreon.com slash film alchemist pod the best way to support the show, the best way to help grow the show. Also, that's where those other three October Mega Marathon episodes are. If you're wondering, it, it really means the world to us uh, to have supporters over there. We work very hard to make sure that that's worth your time and your effort. So you'll get a vote on what movies go on the Patreon exclusive library. Tales from the Griff, our Tales from the Crypt miniseries is running full steam over there again. Feature-length commentaries, all kinds of fun options if you go over to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod, the YouTube Film Alchemist, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. We appreciate shares, retweets, engagement, whatever marketing catchphrases go along it's with obliged. that. We appreciate it's it. It's obliged. Yes. If you would be so kind, make sure to leave five-star ratings and reviews wherever you find the show. Help defeat these normie algorithms that don't want to join our affairs. Right? We appreciate that. Also, personal plea. Let your friends know what we're doing over here. You definitely have friends who like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, You'll know which ones they are because they'll be the coolest friends you have. True. So let them know what we're working on over here, and we'll take it from there. All right. So, Alex. Yeah. I don't know if this is in my top 10, 20, whatever movies of all time. Okay. But the Rocky Horror Picture Show mm-hmm. is absolutely, undoubtedly one of my favorite movies of all time. One of my favorite cinematic experiences. Sure. Um, it's kind of the thesis of this show. This weird amalgam of different elements that somehow, through the alchemy of filmmaking, have made this absolute, unique monumental movie that has meant so much to me. Uh, I've known that we would talk about this movie someday, but I think we both always kind of held back from it. Uh, I think this is a hard movie to discuss in a way. It's hard to put into words a movie like this that on the surface plays as this kind of B science fiction horror film, Mm -hmm. uh, with kind of these cartoonish caricatures, with this kind of boisterous musical layer on top of. It's kind of always talking through the camera to us, taking the piss out of itself. Mm -hmm. 
So it's it's hard to really pin down what this thing is, but how would you begin breaking down a movie that I know for me personally has meant the world to me? I think given your predilections is very fascinating. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is like a movie for you. Um, not to say that you wouldn't like this movie. It's just um, the musical element of this film is always something that I have assumed would turned you would have turned you off, as it does with most other musical movies. I think also the Rocky Horror Picture Show is different than most musical films because it's not doing what other musical movies do and doing it badly. I think that the Rocky Horror Picture Show, for one, is culturally significant because it has this there's a familial aspect to it there's this community aspect that's really important to why it's endured because not only is it for us b-movie lovers and things people who like stuff that's maybe a little off the wall particularly you know like 50s science fiction movies you could just be like the thing from outer space and shit like that but it's also a movie that is perfect for its time. Like it came out in 1975. It's based on an original uh, stage play that I think was, I think it premiered in the West end, but because Tim Curry, Richard O'Brien, and uh, I think it's the woman who plays uh, magenta. I can't remember who it is. The, the, the top, like the main three are the originals from the um, stage play. I think what's unique about Rocky Horror Picture, besides the reason it's endured, which is because the fans are just unbelievable, is it comes from a time when, one, it's post-hair in the musical world. So a lot of it is about anti-establishment, which I think is awesome. That's like probably the best and most enduring quality about it is how anti-establishment it is. But then on top of that, you lace it with you know horror and... Um, horror and sci-fi elements a lot of fun i think the other thing about it is what you were saying which is winking at the camera mostly the entire movie is a key element to why this works because it just doesn't take itself seriously once and i think that that is that is exceptional it's what what i think because there are obvious things, right, that you would just say off the top. Like, this movie found truly iconic moments, right? The opening with the red lips just singing right to us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, One of, to me, right, if you were to make a list of, like, the top five movie roles, you could not have cast better. Like, actors that melded to the role and have become so iconic, the thought of seeing another person try to recreate that would be blasphemous Mm -hmm. which is strange to say about tim curry's frankenfurter because this is a play that has gone on in the theater world where people do versions of this all the time sure and a lot of my algorithms are just sending me people doing wonderful versions of frankenfurter right Mm -hmm. but not that he couldn't be redone but just like this perfect lightning bolt of a performance character where it just melded where tim curry you could not have found a better guy to be frankenfurter like one of my top five favorite character performance meldings ever in a movie and we'll get into that more later but i think there is this because what it does it's looking back 
into this like leave it to beaver world with your brad majors and janet weiss's right yeah. like oh brad we can't wait to get married they're like literally doing damn it janet and singing about their funeral through a church that's shifting over to a or a wedding right mm-hmm. so he proposes at someone else's wedding red flag he's dancing through as they're setting up a funeral while dressed as the characters from the painting american gothic which feels very pointed yeah Right. And then when they go and they find them, like they might be other land weirdos. Right. As they're listening to like Nixon on the fucking radio. I'm like, ah, weird people that party and dance and don't look like us or act like us. Yeah. And so it is that moment of when Frankenfurter comes and he looks right down the barrel. Right. Because we're kind of doing a normal film. But when Frankenfurter in that opening scene, when Janet sees him and recoils. Right. And he starts fucking going. And then they start Frankenfurter sings right into our faces Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. It is telling the audience of that time. Right. That very kind of normative uh, heterosexual Christian nation. Like we're kind of at this verge in the 70s where we're do we break that? Do we keep it right? It's been going on the 70s and 60s was a lot of addressing that. Yeah. And Frankenfurter's kind of just looking like his riffraff says like. It's a special night. You've made it to one of the master's affairs. And when he's looking at us and singing to us, it's one, an invitation. And two, it's letting the audience that needs to be seen know that we see you, Mm -hmm. right? That you are amongst your people now. And I think that's where that just absolute, I think you said it really well, familial, right? Like when you go... Like, we, we've been to the new art, right? It's this wonderful little one screen on Santa Monica I used to go to all the time. And the guy there would always tell me, is like, this theater exists because we show the Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah. every single fucking Saturday night, and they sell that shit out. It's, it's a very unique experience of... This is what makes... So, not only does, like... You know, we don't have to... We can get into it much later, but, like, the cult following of the midnight screening really starts with rocky horror picture show like there's people who have tried to duplicate it and figure out like other versions of like oh like um i went to the first screening at the new beverly of uh the scott pilgrim midnight screenings they did that for like a year i don't know if they still do it but they started doing like midnight screenings of scott pilgrim thinking it would catch on like rocky horror you can't reinvent what it is to do rocky horror rocky horror happened organically because theaters yeah. were showing this movie like again it's not a bad well, thing Scott pilgrim's like a little already too in on the joke yeah uh, not Whereas only, i think rocky again, horror was like here's this subculture that there's just kind of already organically was there i think there's two things that really what rocky horror does in the film version that i think is really specific and granted, I've never seen the stage production, so I couldn't tell you. I couldn't. We have you- a friend who is a theater guy, and so he sent me a ton of them. Like he had a friend. He's like, my friend is the greatest Frankenfurter in the world, right? And he has a good case, like very fucking insanely sure. talented. So I, I, I get a lot of. I these, can't compare but- apples to apples because I've never sat in the theater and watched the production. You know what's weird? I've never seen that. You think that's something that like I would have sought out by now? I don't know. Again, you're not a theater guy. Like you don't. I. Do that. I feel like I enjoy pl- reading plays a lot. Yeah. I, I'm it, definitely not a musical theater guy. Right. <laughs> well, and I think, so it's interesting you bring that up because I think this is like the key component of why the movie is like an exceptional movie. Um, 
the energy you probably get in a stage production is oozing out of that theater. Like when you watch that movie, like that movie has stage energy, which is almost impossible to duplicate because when you see movies, when you see movie musicals, they always are this veneer of production value. Like there is a, there it's a movie still. So yeah, people might be singing live, but like, you know, it's still, they probably went back and fixed the audio, those kinds of things. Okay. There's still a you movie know what? going on. There's a good point in here, right? Because it makes me think of the come to the lab, see what's on the slab, mm-hmm. the time warp moment. It feels like in this movie, you've walked into like the coolest theater kid party. Oh, that's a so great it way makes to put sense. It. Yeah. it makes sense when they shut down the movie to do these numbers because you're like, yeah, they're the eccentric theater kids art artistic right. whatever That's whereas when you see energy. like kids in west side story are like we're gonna fight with knives and they start singing you're like this right. is dumb but again like this is we- hard for me to stomach west side story <laughs> like okay if you look at like the leonard like the if you look at the original one not the spielberg sure. one if you think about the original one the original one has 60s movie energy so like it's a 60s right. movie musical so it still has this veneer of it's a musical still there's no there's like there's there's no discerning difference. There's a wall up between the audience and the movie itself. You feel so involved, not just because Tim Curry is like staring right down the barrel of the camera talking to the audience, and not just because there's yeah. a narrator like giving you sort of just like, this like the joke. the most horny goat weed performance ever. Yeah, it's like but one it's of those things at a gas station. You're like, I shouldn't take that. Yeah. But I want whatever way, that thing is promising. <laughs> the way the movie shot is like this handheld style. So everything feels like it's very frenetic. Like the pacing is so real. You're like, oh, my God, I am in this show. Like we are watching the show happen. I wonder if this is how the stage right. show goes. I got to go to the stage show. Like we we feel like experience. the normies like Brad and Janet. Yeah. The they reason, are just washed asunder as this this party takes right. off. The reason it became a midnight screening is because the experience of being in the theater is so frenetic and passionate that it just it it's like it's just like reflecting off the audience. So the audience is reacting to the theater the way you'd react in a, in a movie screen, the way you'd react in a movie in a, a regular mm-hmm. a live theater. It's fascinating, and that's the energy though that the right. movie has. Well. Because I probably first found this movie because I had a weird formative year where, like, I really set some, like, hard, this is what my personality is. Right. And then I think one year I found, like, three or four things that I was like, these are huge to me. One of them was the comedian Gallagher. Right? One of them was the Three Stooges TV show. Another one was uh, the TV show Dinosaurs. Right? Not the mama. Yeah, yeah. Love that Excellent. fucking show. Wonderful. Right? <laughs> and then I, I care. Uh, this is before my Monty Python days, but the other thing that was going to form the fourth like leg of my personality was Meatloaf. And so I'm sure I first found this movie because Meatloaf is in it and fucking crushes. There's probably no pr- more perfect movie to capture the loaf than Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, and again, it's if you know the history a little bit of like what theater was doing at that time, like this came out after hair and all of them in bit like Richard O'Brien and meatloaf had been in hair together. So Richard O'Brien was like down and out wrote the musical 
and like the, again like i think what i love about rocky horror and this like and again i'm not like a huge like hippie musical guy like i think like hair and godspell are boring as hell but like jesus christ superstar same thing what's interesting about rocky horror picture show is there is no like moral agenda i guess that's how i'd put it it's this like because hippie. You know, mu- I, I don't know about that well no comparatively i'm not saying there isn't a moral sure. agenda i'm saying comparatively like a show like godspell yeah a little right. different um but like i think the agenda on this one right is what frankenfurter saying is like why the demonization and criminal right, exactly. criminalization of like chasing pleasure? Well, and I think and that's self. what's so critical about this era of of musicals and why the movie is so exceptional because it's not demonizing. I was just talking with my wife about this yesterday about like about like nineties pop music and stuff like that. But it's this it's cyclical. It's the same thing. Like the seventies was this weird like mid to post Vietnam sexual revolution where everyone was just like, I, I don't know what we're going to do. So hair, <laughs> everyone hair and Rocky horror become these cornerstones of let's see how experimental we can make musical theater and like sort of maybe fuck on stage almost, or like just be straight up nude or I don't know, maybe <laughs> Tim Curry will dress in drag, you know, that'd be kind of cool. Like there's a, such a specific tonality to it. That is so interesting because, and again, I go back to this. The reason Rocky Horror is so impressive is because it is, like, really inviting. Like, it's not judging you for being weird. It's just saying, come on in. Who gives a shit? Yeah, Enjoy yourself. There, there is a weird morality to Frankenfurter definitely is making some questionable choices. I'm not saying that there's not. Right? Yeah. Building a man, Rocky, right? Um, man having sex with who's like less than like rocky's like one hour old yeah and he's like we got to get to clapping and it's like that's Mm, rough a little rough it also feels a little that they are somewhat judging brad and janet very much so but for getting dick down by frankenfurter because i love that that motif where he hits both of them with the exact same Mm -hmm. it's not all bad right and you get that but then at the end, it's like they've been tainted by his perversions, and now they're in the course. But I, this is, is the thing. it tainted though, or is it is it liberated? No, no, no. I think it's based on the audience who's watching it. I Agreed. think when I watch it, it feels like these two repressed people who finally are like, "Let the hair down. We don't yeah, have to be I this. Agree. We don't have totally. to be that. We don't have to follow the guy who's going to get the big promotion, like he's talking about in the first scene." Mm-hmm. Now they are open. Right. wide open Agreed. and when they embrace in the end in that final scene and their fucking garters and boas and whatever maybe they actually have a shot now sure to be better off and more happy i do think frankenfurter is still not the good guy i mean but I, he is this kind of wonderful pied piper yeah, for i'm not sure normal i'm not sure i'd ever categorize him as a good guy i think what's i think here's to me and again, it's 75. So like the Nixon on the radio thing is such a like huge cue for me. Cause as soon as you yeah. hear that to me, it's like, I understand what's going on. This is a movie about the reversion. conservative white moral majority. Yeah. We're coming for you. This is about the reversion of what everyone is telling me is normal. Like mm-hmm. I shouldn't be expected to be quote normal if I don't feel that way. So why are you enforcing your enforcing your morality? Right. And then on top of that, well, also the, with Nixon, you're reminding them that 
the normal goody goodies aren't always as goody goody as they say they are. So yeah. it's another, you right. know, well, hey, I maybe mean, think think about what you're doing. Well, I mean, I think that's the other thing too. Like, when did the Watergate scandal break? That was seventy, like seventy two. So this is post Watergate. So like this enforced morality is like, cool, you're a huge fucking hypocrite and I don't have to listen to you. Belief in systems and institutions are probably as low as they've ever been until now. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's just this again. I I love it as this shot across because, again, I was thinking about it and you're watching it. And there's this great moment where because they're wet, they just strip them down of all their clothes. And Brad's still trying to give out firm handshakes. He's like, hi, Brad Majors, right? He's still doing his fucking routine. But it is, it's just this strip off that fucking leave it to beaver outer shell. Yeah. And let yourself bump up against some different ideas and different types of people and different cultures and see what's like. It's not, you know, subtle when Rocky is made in a vat of rainbow colored juices. Right. I mean, it's it's not subtle. Now. And watching Frankenfurter like run his finger down this ripped man singing a song about how he'll be a strong man. Right. Um, when seemingly there was a dalliance with Eddie and then he kills Eddie. And there, there I mean, it's it's not the subtlety that's important. It's the idea of going to a place where these other cultures exist. Right. Because yeah. now I think we've moved further along. We're not better, but. You know, how much in 1975 were people who would go to the movie theater uh, seeing movies about gay culture that weren't judging them for being gay um, had even heard the word transsexual, right? Transvestite, like all of these kind of words and ideas. And so you're putting us in this place, but also making it seem like this fucking awesome party that you want to be at. Of course. Again, it's like... Right? You're like, I want a party in this house. (laughs) It's a perfect time capsule of, like, anti-establishment sexual politics. It's, the you know, it's mid-70s. It's after the Watergate scandal. It's literally, like, saying, I don't give a shit what your moral code is because your moral code is absolute hypocrisy. Doesn't mean... I actually... I have a straight, a mostly white, straight guy dad thing to ask you. Sure. Right. So last night I turned it on and my kids are like, we want to watch it with you. And I was like, fuck, yeah, dude. My kids watch all kinds of horror movies. So I was like, I'm not worried about any of that. Someone else I knew had mentioned to me. They're like, you let your kids watch Rocky Horror. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, aren't you worried that's a little sexualized for them? Like kind of hinting at like, could Rocky Horror, I don't know, unbutch my kids or like, and I was just, I watched it, I was watching it with my kids, and they were just kind of, like, jamming with me, like, watching it. They're like, oh, this is cool, this is cool. It didn't seem to, I was like, I think maybe that's a thing that we dealt with more when we were younger. Yeah. I, again, that now maybe is not as big a deal. What do you, so this is, again. What's your we'll mostly out there. straight Everyone who listens question? to this, this show knows straight, mostly white guy show. Sure. And I fielded the question, I was like, you know, I don't. Again, I think that's kind of the point, man, is to be open to that experience. Do you think that it's like a little too sexualized for kids? I mean, not in the way you're describing. Like the way like this this really goes back to this goes more to like your style of parenting, I think, in in my opinion. I mostly will let my kids watch no, no, anything I'm they about, seem they can handle. Uh, and I don't mean, like, yeah. <laughs> your personal style. I mean, like, the provincial, like, whatever yeah. parent, 
you know, X parent, this is your style of parenting. Like for me, no, like to me, like, I I don't think it's like, first off there's music. So you're going to jam out anyways. There's other things to focus on besides the sexual elements of this, you know, movie. And I mean, like if my kid watched it with me and you know, my kid was in bed by the time that, but by the time this came on, but like, if my kid watched it with me and asked me, is that a, you know, is that a man wearing, you know, lady clothes? I'm like, yes. And I'm like, sometimes men wear lady well, clothes. That's all. The thought that crossed my mind, it's like, if your kid has a stronger reaction to Frankenfurter running his finger down Rocky's abs. I mean, I was like, okay, maybe they need to see that. Yeah. I don't like, know. If right? anything, like, that's like, I mean, to me, that's Yeah. No, it I, was kind of an interesting question because I was like, this is one of those questions you get is like, uh, you know, nearly middle aged dad. And you're like, I guess I don't think about everything like that. It's just like my kids seem to like the movie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't really think that that's a real. I, I don't know. That's not really a thing I would think about, I guess. Yeah, it was I, a weird because when they asked me that, I was just like, huh, I didn't even think about it. Well, I just don't. The thing that I would think about, I guess, is just my... You know what we're weird about as parents? Is, like, I'd rather them watch Rocky Horror than, like, The Matrix. Same. I think for like, me... I, I'm I super weird about the, you know what we need? More guns. Yeah, I think, like, the violence... Because, you know, now as a parent, you get, like, hey, we're doing a active school shooter drill yeah. at school. Violence so, is like, much more... the gun thing is, like, a much more on my mind when yeah. I'm picking entertainment. Violence is much Sex bigger stuff, to me like... as well. Sex stuff, I, like... He, speaking as just a parent, yeah, he's too young to understand a lot of what like sex stuff is. So like to me, it's one of those things yeah. where I'm like, I don't. That's true. That question. If there's like, like hardcore like penetrate, like we just watched. They wanted to really watch Freddy versus Jason, and my kids are eight and five, so judge me if you will. Right. They also saw Cocaine Bear in theaters. I get it. Um, but they were like, I knew that those high schoolers were about to be bagger. Remember the guy's like, oh, he smell like menthols, bab. Yeah. Like that guy and the girl with the hat on, right? They're bouncing around. I was like, hey, guys, maybe turn your head so, like, I don't have to explain to you where things right. go. But then they're also, like, if a if a titty flashes in, like, a horror movie and, like, a boob's out, they're still at that phase where, like, they whip their heads around. like, ew, gross! Yeah. Like, I mean, for me, it's one of those things, like, sexual repression is a little... Like, I, I'm not going to, like, force my kid... To, my kid wants to see... Yeah. Like, I'm not going to let him watch, like, porn... He has to figure that out on right. his own. But like, you know, sure. like the rest of us did. I don't um, think we need to be forcing yeah, repression. Not, on I'm her. not forcing repression on my kid. I, I would not <laughs> like, but yeah, I agree. Like I'm much more concerned about watching like when he watches, like when he plays, like he likes playing, he's starting to get into video games. So like, I've been very specific about what video games he can play. And like, for instance, he tried turning on, like he came down when I was playing like red dead redemption Two one time. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you are not allowed. And then he was like, oh, I want to play. And I was like, oh, I'll give you one go. And all he did was like fire guns at people like, nah, we're not doing this. I'm like, I'm like, let's play Lego Star Wars. Lego Star Wars is more your speed. I think. <laughs> but like yeah, that's... Minecraft. Yeah. My kids are into sports games. So it's so funny because like I feel like our kids just take these turns where it's like, that's not where I thought you were going to go. Yeah. No, Anywho. I but I, I don't know that this is valuable to the Rocky Horror Picture discussion. But, I think but it, it is, was kind though. of interesting. I was like, it's still a movie that people I know, they still equate it with this. It has this outsider energy that some people are still nervous about. 
And I think and for me, it's been so ubiquitous in my life that I just it never dawned so on me valuable, not to let my kids watch it. But that's so valuable to me because that's why people feel so. That's why people feel so close to it, because that outsider energy means that all of us are outsiders. So we all feel included somewhere right. else. Like, I think that's like what's so imagine wonderful. the anticipation. Patient. Of finally seeing a movie that just gives credence to living how you want to live. Yeah. Like that is. And a I feel huge like we deal. have so many more advocates for that nowadays. Of course. But in 75. Than we did back no. in 75, man. Like from 70. Like so the midnight screenings for this movie, like when we, people were like participating and throwing forks and shit like that. This. Oh, sorry. That's the room. Um, the no. room is the plastic sports. The room is the plastic I sports, I think. So. This one has people, the toilet paper and when stuff people like started that. dressing up for this and like really doing stuff was I think like seventy six. I, I looked at this up last and night. And also like it happened can we very go on quickly. record. I'm not even a huge fan of you know what I need to enhance my midnight screening? Props. Participation. No, I'm not either. Agreed. Right. Absolutely. Like I saw the Taylor Swift shit in the theater. No. I had a buddy who went and saw I can't remember what he was seeing, whether it was like Saw X or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's like I liked the movie, but it was ruined because every time it wasn't a murder trap, all we could hear were fucking preteens and 40 year old women screaming Taylor Swift lyrics like they're running around the theater screaming. And I was like, just work an extra shift and get yourself a ticket. Motherfucker. I'm going to say this. Get Spotify. I'm going to say this. on. Pod. I'm not anti-Taylor Swift. I'm anti-being a fucking dumbass I'm, in the theater and I, ruining other screenings. I don't give a shit. Like what you like. Live your life. Yeah. This is what I'm going to say, though. As long as you're not yeah. hurting other people, I don't care what you do. This is, this is what I'm going to say. Other than the clip from, I believe the song is called Love Story in an episode of The Bear, I have never heard a single Taylor Swift song. If someone turned on a Taylor Swift you know, song, I would not be able to identify. I heard the one that was in Troll or Sing, whatever kids movie it was, right? Shake It Off, I think the song is. Oh, that's her? Oh, I have heard a Taylor Swift song. Okay, okay cool. So if I'm wrong on that, but yeah, they sing it and it's really good in the, the movie, whatever. It's the, right, right. the mom who the, has all the piglets who's like embracing it. Yeah. Nick Kroll plays like the German pig. It's a pretty funny movie. Love that one. That was good. If you're a dad, right? Like kids movies that are tolerable. Pretty tolerable. But. I have no beef with Taylor Swift because someone asked me, they're like, well, what's your opinion on her in the NFL and this? And I go, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound mean, but it's not. My circle of my life has just never touched yeah. with Taylor Swift. The There's Venn no Venn diagram. Has no intersection with Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like she's just never. I remember she had a bump in with Kanye. Mm -hmm. I've known her name for a long time and now she like pops up on so. Yeah. I've never and I was saying I was like I need to get on Spotify and like do like a Taylor Swift day yeah right and just like listen to some of it because it's like at some point some things are so culturally huge. I know that she had a whole thing with her masters which is why she re-recorded a record I believe right love that story That's I read cool. that story in the Hollywood Reporter Great story. yeah neither here nor there I'm not taking shots at Taylor Swift to me, me she neither. might as well not exist not in a bad way She's a great Janet. When you're at a movie theater, your job is to shut the fuck up and watch the movie and enjoy the art without fucking ruining art and movies for other people. Right. Right? Like, it's so weird, right? Like, when we go to a concert, like, if I went to Taylor Swift's concert and I got up on stage in pasties and it's like, it's time for me to try a ukulele solo. 
yeah. loudly so that it overshadows what she's doing. Yeah. I would get murdered by Swifties. Absolutely. Neither here nor there. We're not here to talk about T-Swift. I will say, though, I've been to the late night Rocky Horror Picture Show. I love that people love the movie. I don't think the, like, let's throw shit and act like fucking fools adds a lot to the... <laughs> takes a certain personality. I don't, I don't have that personality. But I agree, like... But it functions like a concert film. It's the same thing. Like, I mean, right. I think the only time I've ever been to, like, a concert film experience... You've done the one at New Art, right? No, I've never gone to the one at New Art. So the thing about New Art is it's a one screen, so you can mm -hmm. be as loud and wild as you want. You're not fucking with yeah, anyone else. I've movie. been to New Art. Like, you can experience no, I mean, a movie. Have you been to their Rocky Horror? I have been like to the Rocky the Horror, but again, Rocky it's like, Horror, yeah. that's the one you go to. Yeah. I've just never had people it was that fun. I want to go with. Let's Except for the guy who was, like, trying to bully us. He kept, like, because he did this thing, if you're a Rocky Horror virgin, you have to go up front, right? And so me and my wife went, and she was very pregnant with our son at the time. Right our first son and they get you in like this herd and they almost start like pushing you. I was like, what is this? Like fucking Shawshank. You're trying to Clancy Brown me here. Right. And this guy kept kind of pushing on us and he was pushing this guy who was standing in front of my wife. And I kind of caught the dude. I put a hand on him. Right. My bouncer strength came back. Right. And I said, Hey, we're done with that. And he's like, what virgin? And I go, no, I, I get you're doing a thing. I was like, stop pushing this guy. He's touching my wife's pregnant stomach. And he goes, Oh yeah. And he went to push him again. And I said, I'm going to fucking shove your fist up your own ass. I was like, stop the pushing. And he got really close to me and he smelled of the most piercing BO, like three day old pepperoni on a Classic. July sidewalk. Delicious. And he was like right in my face. I was like, this little skinny man, this very petite man is ready to fucking die for his fucking role Rocky in the Rocky Horror, Horror participation. It was wild. That's I'm like just a, saying, if that's... you're that smelly guy who hears this, take a breath. Yeah. You have other problems to address. And a shower. Yeah. And a shower. And a fucking shower. It's not cool. It's not edgy to fucking smell like three to hill pepperoni. That's not great. PSA. Why would you do that? But yeah. I think that's that not a fun subculture that we need to recognize. Is the that's the subculture of this. Is that not the one group left that we can all insult freely is the smellies? <laughs> 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 if you. Don't have access to washing, then you're okay. Yeah. If but you if do you, and you choose not to, that's a fucking if you, you have problem. active BO, you deserve to be made fun of, and you right. will be made fun of. And I say this as a guy who goes to a lot of board gaming stores and conventions and horror conventions. If you've been Guys, to, we gotta if you've fix been to cons or comic <laughs> book <we> shops. <laughs> this inclusive movie and midnight thing, and it's like, how can we divide? How can I divide right, it? Back to Smellies, the you're out. I got, yeah. You heard us here first, Smellies. I'm out again. I'm, I'm We're the Dr. The Scott's coming to defeat the Smellies. Yep. Um, Vaughn Scott. <laughs> here's the thing. I actually think some of the cinematic moments of this movie are underappreciated. Like One of the ones? moments I love, right? We do this whole fucking uh, I'll make a man out of you into. And that's Mulan, but whatever. Uh, into. Sure. Hot patootie, which yeah. I fucking love. Best this wild, frantic energy, right? Frankenfurter's chasing him. You pair that with how he's Rocky's always just out of his reach, the scene before. When he fucking goes after Eddie with the axe, I gotta and tell kills you, kills him in that, that is That's awesome. beautiful cinema right there. Like, I think that is really good filmmaking. And it cuts in and he comes back out and he's like, mm, one for the bins. And then he cuts right back into his song. Mm -hmm. And it is such a an underappreciated weapon of this movie. It are those cinematic moments of kind of horror or violence 
that kind of underscore the the movie nature of this versus the musical. I agree. I that, that moment is so beautifully shot. And then to go back in the song, it's just this like reminding us that there's teeth on this beyond. Yeah, I think that what is a normal exactly musical what it has. is. The the that sort of that sort of just like stop in the middle of the movie to turn it into an actual horror film for like I don't know two minutes. If that, fucking, yeah, fucking brutal, man, and it's awesome. Like you're just like, oh shit, I am absolutely watching a movie, aren't I? Oh my god, right. Not only that, there is like horror and sci-fi elements I am not prepared for because at that point, at that moment, you're just basically watching. You're really like up until that point, you are watching like a corny B movie sci-fi. It's so, yeah, it's so it's goofy. Fine. It's and then goofy. after that, when you see Riff Raff put the fire candles towards Rocky. Yeah. When you see Dr. Frankenfurter whipping riffraff and chasing Janet, especially when you're at that dinner scene and he's got the electric carving knife, you're like, yeah. oh, wait, there is a subtext here that they've set the expectation mm-hmm. that something horrifying can happen in the middle of our, you know, hamming it up. Yeah, I think it's actually an undervalued bit of the success of this film is that little extra edge of horror. Even at the end, when you see uh, Riff Raff and Magenta show up and they're all fucking aliened out mm-hmm. with the American Gothic pitchfork dark matter gun. Yeah, yeah. You know that shit can go down still. Absolutely. So I as Frankenfurter's doing his final soliloquy, which to me is like like one of my favorite moments in a movie. Absolutely. And he's like, throw the lights, put my spotlight on. And he's like pulling levers so it looks cooler. We know that he knows he's about to get fucked up. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, there's this extra layer of buying into the characters and this and that. Because it's funny because they have this motif through the movie, too, of cutting away to a crime narrator who yeah. has all these evidence and this and that. But, like, when they do the time warp, the narrator is still fucking dancing. Dancing. Like, it's still pretty fun Calling for him. it out, yeah. Right. So they set it with that. And I think had they just done the, like, well, this ended up being a crime, it's so easy to forget that is in the film. But when you see that moment with Eddie and he's covered in the blood, you're like, oh, fuck. But it's really like a beautifully shot film. I mean, I just think it's I think it's awesome. Like it is my favorite. This is a really weird, like favorite shot in the movie. But the uh, during Hot Patootie, when he's driving the motorcycle, the behind the motorcycle glass shot, I'm like, that is just fucking awesome. I love Frankenfurter trying to like chase him and he's like, bow- he's like a whirling dervish, just yeah. like flying around. I it's mean, gr- it's, it's a so, great set. Like, it just, it, it's everything so about it is awesome. Yeah, the dinner scene is great. I love the cameras, like them watching each other fuck Frankenfurter and then Magenta and Columbia watching with their like Mickey Mouse ears watching uh, her bang yeah. Rocky when she's like, you know, I want more, more, more. There's just this this frenetic energy, but it always looks so fucking cool. And by the time they get to the end, when he like demeduces them, and they were statues, but now they're all wearing the exact same outfit with like this coarse girl leggings, with yeah. these bikinis and boas and this kind of evil mime face. They look like the fucking android from Dragon Ball Z, like the <laughs> the big white faced android. Sure. And they start doing this. They're all sitting there, and I kind of wrote some of this down. Right where they're talking, and there's this moment between uh, her and and Janet, right? And because he's in the water, and he talks about, you know, give yourself to absolute pleasure. And they all start chanting, don't dream it, be it. 
Yeah. And they get in this sex suit together, right? And there's this moment when they're unfreezing and, you know, Brad's like, I feel sexy. Right? Mm -hmm. He's having a moment. And then Janet unfreezes and she's like, I feel released. Right? So they had these these inner parts of them that couldn't get out. And when they all get in that, like, sex soup saying, don't dream it, be it. Yeah. I was like, that's actually a really poignant it's a beautiful kind moment. of shot across the bow. This like howl into the audience's face. It's the value of it of the movie as a counterculture item because it is mm -hmm. like that's what it should and even be. Even Doctor Von Scott when he gets the coarse girl legs, like I must get out I before must. decadence takes me. Yeah, I love that moment. It's just fucking righteous, dude. It's it is all so fascinating because it's endured and it like the message is still very relevant. Like, there's never a time that this hasn't felt not just relevant, but just hasn't felt like that's what we that's how we need to live. Like, we all well, need to live. Still, as like, it still feels relevant. It still feels edgy to what I was saying earlier with my buddy. Of like course. You would let young people like it still feels outsider. Yes. It still feels dangerous to not some watching people. Irreversible. It's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Come right. Out. But what I'm saying is it, it still presents and functions as this this kind of. Uh, siren on the rocks, right? Sure. Like, hey, man, you're adrift at sea. That might make it sound ominous, right? A lighthouse, right? Not mm -hmm. the lighthouse, a lighthouse. Where it's like, hey, man, come over here. Yeah. Like, don't dream it. Be it. And by be it, the it being Again, you, whatever the fuck you want to be, come It's over here. the communal appreciation of coming to this story and feeling like you belong because you maybe mm -hmm. don't feel the right way all the time. And it's okay. Like right. Frankenfurter making quote, the perfect man that is like this. And the perfect man then being just the perfect man, not being the perfect man. He's just a man. Like I like that concept is so fascinating. Like just yeah. what a wonderful metaphor for not being quote normal ones who want yeah. like, you're just, I you're normal wonder because if the Rocky metaphor is a bit muddled to me. So oh, I was like, of course. does Frankenfurter say that's what he wishes he was? But then he's kind of the ultimate self-believer. And think then it's, it's like about... <laughs> Rocky's muscles repelling the dark matter. <laughs> that scene when he has Frank on his back and he's climbing the RKO tower like King Kong. Love and he it. just goes, <laughs> I fucking die laughing every time. So I don't know if the Rocky metaphor is a I bit think muddled. It's a really, I think it's the really Him wrestling with Brad and Janet, I think, gets more to the point. Sure. Right? I'll say this, though. When his fucking dramatic ass, when they're like, we said we were going to transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania. And he's like, he's like, all right, it's over for me. The jig's up. I killed Eddie. Yeah. I've made some choices I regret. We don't know where he got the body. He's like, all right. And he's like, what am I going to do here? And then he just goes, hit my lights, cue the music. And his dramatic ass, when he catches that scarf and whips it around, I was like, he can't not be awesome and cool. So even in that moment, it's this great, you know, I'm going home. And he kind of starts this, you know, farewell to us, the audience. And I fucking love that moment because this is my favorite shot in the movie. Because I do think there's something about all of them being unleashed to be who they want to be. Released is absolutely said, even, right. And they're doing it to an empty theater. This like mm -hmm. stage show to an empty theater. And at the end of Frankenfurter, right, he kind of like wipes some of the makeup off. His eyes are bloodshot. He's crying. He looks right in the camera and the camera pulls back and we see a crowded house. Not of the time warp people, but a people in like fine theater going attire. Yeah. 
clapping and praising him. And then all of a sudden you get this like Ebenezer Scrooge. This like windswept sound as if that vision is carried off in the dust. And Magenta just goes, how sentimental. (laughs) And he just, you know, they just fucking start shooting him up, dude. Right. And he tries to run and flee. They shoot him and the white fucking thing falls on him. Uh, and even Riff Raff, like, reacting to what he's done. Mm-hmm. He never liked me! He never liked me! It's this thing that Frankenfurter forgot to see other... I mean, there's just a lot going he on. He got Let's to see... Well, like, Rocky... There's a lot going on As in that the perfect moment. man. He got, like, Frankenfurter lost sight of the value of being yourself. Like, it's okay Not to be being different. perfect. Not yeah. pursue, the pursuit of perfection. Is Maybe not you shouldn't have been be. whipping Riff Raff. Like, yeah. it's not that Frank and Furter didn't deserve, but he's so fucking cool, mm-hmm. and we love him, even though he's a monster. So it puts you in this, this gray area and says, just kind of float around in it. There's no absolutes. There's no sink or swim. Mm-hmm. We're just here. And it's, it's just, again, it's hard to, but that scene of him, like, cheering to an audience and then the audience being gone, is such a fucking potent image. So even this guy that to the normies represents the epitome of sexual freeness and cool energy, whatever, still fucking feels unseen. I think there's just something. And again, I don't know that anything we've said here matters at all, right? Like maybe this podcast is the insects on the face of the ear. For the tens Uh, of people who listen to us routinely. How tens of billions... Who listen? All the world leaders listen, not the bad ones. We got the good ones. <laughs> For all the Henry blocked. Kissingers who listen to our pod. All right. No, I just say, for me, I think we've learned some lessons as podcasters who have done about 600 episodes. You know what movies are really fucking hard to have like a, a film discussion about? Comedies. The best ones. It's a lot of comedies Straight where up. you just go, this is funnier, this is not. This movie, while not a comedy, falls into the... How can whatever we say on this podcast capture the enormous amount of love I have for this film? Right. And I feel like as soon as we walk away from this episode, I'll feel like I did not do enough to express the the importance. Because that's the thing. If we're going just not my favorite movies or which movies I think achieved the most, just important movies in my life. This is up there with the first time I found A New Hope, the first time I found Mallrats, the first time I saw Jurassic Park, like there are just movies that are so important to you. It's hard to capture that. The man. moment we hit cut, we're going to say, I didn't do enough. Yeah. Because that's just the nature of this. It's the nature of talking about movies, but particularly talking about movies that are not just cornerstones for our lives, but like cultural cornerstones. Like you're never going to say enough about Rocky Horror Picture Show because, you know, if we were going to do a what? four-hour podcast maybe we'd cover most of it but like we do an hour about probably right. one of the greatest countercultural countercultural pieces of like the last century for sure right and you could talk about the choices the artistic choices this and that this is the alchemy absolutely is that somehow all of these bizarre things and these like perfect choices just melded together and what they made is so exponentially more impactful than you mm-hmm. would imagine. Yeah. It, and it's the, that art level of how do you how do you put into words the deep this is the human thing I, experience level. Right. This is the thing I love crater about this, this show. movie leaves. Yeah. This show 
sometimes we don't have the words for it. And we got a lot of fucking words. We got 600 episodes. <laughs> of fucking we words. have the best words. We, we have, have the a best lot words. of fucking words. No, we have the best words. Sometimes. Perfect <laughs> call. Perfect call. How dare you bring that impression into this pod? Um, it's a bad impression, and that's all he deserves. <laughs> but I know what you're doing. Uh, but, like, that's the beauty of this show, particularly, is when we talk about movies that are these just, like, absolutely barn burner things in our lives. It's okay sometimes to talk about other things around it and then just to say, does it, does it like, I mean, I think you did too. I mean, it's a five-star review on Letterboxd for me. Oh, this is what I mean. By the time I die, I can already tell you like the five to 10 movies I'll have watched 15 times more than anything else. Right. Yeah. This Harold and Maude, Star Wars, Jaws. Mm -hmm. Like there are just some movies that I always come back to because I want that experience. Of course. Like I'm going to be on my deathbed and like on my last day of my life, if I got to sit and watch this with people I cared about, I think that'd be pretty fucking fine with me. Right. Yeah. Like that's how high of esteem I hold this movie in. I just love it, man. And it, it's one of those two. I always love movies that don't seem like they should have worked or grown like they have. And it is. I love movies that are pretty unique in the pantheon of of uh, cinema, and this is. So that's it for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. What else can we say about one of our favorite movies ever? Uh, this Too month's awesome. theme, I don't know if we stated this up front. The we theme didn't. of this month for us was a palate cleanser from October. Cinematic desserts. So just movies that we just want to gush about, right? They hit our sweet tooth. Uh, so this was the first one. We have a great lineup this month. If you go follow us on all the socials, you'll uh, be able to find that stuff over there. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod to get our exclusives this month. Also have a little bit of say. Next month, we stuff your stocking. So our patrons actually are going to pick uh, all their movies, and we're going to do a drawing, and we're going to set December's lineup. Oh, yeah. Which we've done for a couple we years now. We had a really good stocking stuffer last year. Like, it was a right. solid month. The patrons pick good movies. Patrons if you join stuff. us on patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod, maybe your movie will win the prize. For a dollar. Episode. All you have to do is sign up on Patreon for a buck, and you can get on the Discord. Right. That's right. That's right. It's a so buck. however you can help us, we would appreciate it, and we'll give you some help back, dudes, dudettes. I don't want to put those small labels on the end of this pod. I'm not labeling anything. Just come over and help us, right? Uh, enjoy, come and it, enjoy man. our community. That's it for us, man. I just, I'm just i feeling the love of cinema. I'm feeling the love of the community after the October Mega Marathon. Hell yeah. Uh, it's, it's been an awesome run this year. We have more to finish this year to finish our, our year strong here. So come be a part of that. Stay with us. Help us out however you can. More than anything, thank you for the film, Alchemist. I'm Josh Griffey. Hi, I'm Alex Tony.